stream. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. This is Stream. I am Jessica Deruta, and I share with you my stream of consciousness and host Sacred Conversations. Listen for free on your favorite podcast app and follow me on social media at Trust Psyche. The best way to show your support is by subscribing to my YouTube channel, Trust Psyche. Click the notifications bell to be updated about new monthly videos. One of the things I love most is teaching people all around the world to do what I do through online courses for all levels. Find me at trustpsyche.com where you can begin studying astrology with me right now. Trust Psyche production and music by the lovely Travis Deruta. Let us begin. How we dream is as important as what we dream. For the what of the dream knows itself through the how. I'm back. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's been a hot minute. This is stream 24, and today is February 2nd, 2021. And I am back from my maternity leave. As many of you know, I gave birth to my daughter, Luce, last fall. And I've been able to have um, this whole baby moon time with her. Both Travis and I have been home with her uh, full time and with the help of uh, all the grandparents. So I am feeling very blessed and fortunate and restored and ready to be back. I'm so excited to be seeing my clients again and to be teaching again and just to feel my full whole self here, uh, both as a mama and as a psychotherapist and astrologer. I love all these different parts of me. And this stream is a special stream because I've been wanting to do it for quite a long time. Uh, This stream is on personal transits in astrology. And today I'm gonna share with you my practice of personal transits. Um, how I use astrology every single day in my life to help me understand um, what's happening, to make meaning, to make sense of um, both my internal life and landscape and then also my outer world and all my relationships and the events that are happening. So today is going to be less about you know teaching a technique as it is more... Um, as much as I can, a transparent and vulnerable sharing of astrology as my daily spiritual practice. So for those of you who'd like to follow along, my birth information is January 7th, 1987, 10.30 a.m., Des Moines, Iowa. And again, today's February 2nd, 2021, so you can go ahead and plug in my chart and look at the transits for today if you want to get a visual of what I'm saying here, but otherwise you can just sit back and relax and I have the honor and the joy to be able to share with you this practice that I've been doing uh, for over 13 years now. And it's the same 
practice that I use in giving readings and interpreting charts for my therapy clients. And this is the, the technique and the practice that I am going to be teaching this spring. Uh, it's a new online astrology course. I would so love for you to be there. Uh, it runs eight weeks on Sundays from April 11th to May 30th. And it's really at the core of astrology. And when once you learn how to read a birth chart and you know the foundation or the, the basics, the fundamentals of astrology, which I teach in my first course, Initiation to Archetypal Astrology, which is also um, online available for you to take at your own pace and timing if you'd like to do that. Uh, this course is really what you do after you learn astrology and this is the lifelong practice of what astrology is is about when we use it to help us navigate our lives to uh, make meaning and integrate our past and to help uh, guide us intuitively uh, and practically into our future and we can use it um, to help plan events and um, process relationships and it's really endless what we can do with this technique and practice. So I would love for you to join me. This course is for intermediate to advanced astrology students. In my opinion, I think um, every person who uses astrology personally or professionally, whether as an astrologer, a coach, a therapist, um, really should take this class after being really up close and personal with all of my students, including my very advanced students who are professional astrologers, I think this course uh, has benefit for everybody because it really um, goes into um, the artistry of how we interpret combined with the specific technique that I use coming out of archetypal astrology combined with my clinical work as, as a therapist and as a teacher. So. Uh, here I go. I'm going to share. Um, obviously, this is all unscripted. I have no idea what's going to come through. And this would be the case uh, as I sit down each day to look at my transits. And oftentimes I'm, I'm journaling. But instead of journaling, I'm talking to all you very fine people. So Pluto right now at 25 degrees Capricorn is exactly square my moon at 25 Aries. And what I'm aware of is that this square in its exactitude um, is the waning square. And what that signifies to me is that on a deeper karmic soul level, I am uh, in the process of closing out and integrating uh, lifetimes of uh, transformation around the mother archetype. Now, when I say lifetimes, I mean both the lifetimes of my own soul, but also the lifetimes of my ancestors. The moon is our ancestors. It's our family, and it has a particularly strong connection to our maternal lineage. So obviously, I've become a mother under this transit, and you see that often with Pluto squaring the moon, there's this really powerful and intense transformation that takes place around moving from the lunar part of being a child or an adolescent into the other side of the moon, which is the mother. 
So the moon contains both the child and the mother within its archetypal quality that we see the child-mother relationship as an Ouroboros spectrum, meaning that we once were a child and born from our mother and then the potential then to become a mother and have a child. So this once-in-a-lifetime transit of Pluto squaring my moon has coincided with the birth of Luce, which also means that Luce's Pluto is square my moon. So I'm, in a sense, going to be living with some version of this transit for the rest of my life through the relationship with my daughter. And what that signifies to me is that this is a very powerful and karmic relationship. Um, it has a quality of feeling very deliberate, very intentional on both her part and my part and our higher selves coming together to choose this moment. Part of what I'm aware of is that with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that was exact all of in 2020, uh, Luce's Saturn is also square my moon. So um, this is a pretty intense combination to have with your child because um, not only does Pluto deepen and intensify to whatever it touches, but then with Saturn there, uh, it brings a lot of hard work, a sense of duty and responsibility, um, a gravity, a seriousness, a, a gravitas to it. Um, and I think that that goes without saying there are elements that that is always true in having a child. But when you have a child during COVID, the extreme isolation and separation that is taking place socially right now, and the moon is our community, it's our family, it's our uh, lunar matrix, it's the web of life. When Saturn and Pluto have been squaring that, you know, I've been in profound uh, physical isolation and separation from my friends and family um, during my entire pregnancy and birth of my daughter. Now, there's another dimension to it, which is my quarantine pod is comprised of Travis. Uh, his parents and my parents and grandmother who have all uh, we've all found ourselves within three miles of each other on this beautiful island that we live on so on the one hand there's been extreme isolation you know I haven't seen any of my friends I, I, I haven't gone out I haven't been out dancing I haven't done all the things that I used to do to blow off steam and to cope and to process um, but that there's been this profound uh, restitching of family that has come about because of the birth of Luce. So the transformation of the relationship with my mother is a big part of Pluto squaring the moon. By me becoming a mother, inevitably the lunar maternal line, I tr am transforming and evolving the relationship with my mother. Now, it's important to note that my mom's son is at 24 degrees Capricorn, square my natal moon. So Pluto is going over my mom's son and over my moon. So what that indicates to me is that this particular seven-year window that we're in right now 
of this transit is a time period where it's a real opportunity for our, my mother and I to transform our relationship. And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, because my grandmother lives three miles down the road. My mother is actually going to be moving here. Uh, my grandmother is uh, turning 85 in a couple months. My Abby. And uh, hi, Abby. Hi, Mom. I know you listen to this. <laughs> and uh, there are four generations now of women living within three miles of each other in this gorgeous part of the world. I mean, in the Gulf of Mexico uh, in paradise. And it's been a really, 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 really long journey to get here. And to tell you the story from beginning to end would take at least a few days. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for the first time since I was 17, which was when I left home, uh, I'm reuniting with my mother. And she goes by Anushka for Luz. And the preciousness of the relationship that these two have together is very healing for me to see it's it's healing for the for the baby in me and that's also my moon right the moon isn't just my mother and my daughter and me as a mother but it's also me as a baby and i think a lot of parents would attest to this that whatever age your child is is the age that some part of your psyche is revisiting or regressed to in order to be with that uh, little one inside. And so Luce being, you know, approximately three months old now, uh, it's like I'm being with my three-month-old and I'm getting a very visceral um, experience of it in my body, which is the moon, and within my physical home, which is also the moon, by my mother coming into my home and my daughter being in my home and watching the two of them clearly have this very karmic relationship with one another. You know, it's clear that they have shared past lives together. And so what surprises me about this Pluto moon transit is the sheer physicality of it. I mean, first of all, becoming a parent is an extremely physical thing. It's a very lower chakra thing in the sense of, uh, you know, the first and the second chakras are being fully activated because taking care of a newborn is just, in my experience, sheer survival, right? Like this baby has to eat every couple hours, is pooping and peeing all day long. You're changing a dozen diapers a day. You're feeding a dozen times a day. You're putting them to sleep. You know, you're doing everything for them physically because they can't even hold their head up you know, so it's like the sheer physicality, which is the moon, but the, the profound intensity of it, which is Pluto, um, has really actually surprised me. I think it was in a lot of denial about that or just lack of awareness. Uh, and then, of course, the lack of, of sleep, uh, sustained sleep, right? So that, that alters your consciousness. And Pluto moon has a way of being shamanic and it has a way of um, altering your consciousness, but in a lunar way. So it's, it's 
physical, right? It's embodied, it's visceral, um, but it's also, you know, therefore somatic, but it's also very emotional. And so the moon is both our body and our emotional body. And so the really deep emotions that I'm having that I've never had before in this way, which I think is something that can only really be experienced in becoming a parent. Like, and I hear, I hear Luce right now. She just woke up from her nap. She's with her daddy. <laughs> right on time, baby. Um, and the real time processing, it's like because uh, a, a baby only lives in the present, they don't live, they don't, they don't remember the past and they don't have a sense of the future yet. It forces me to have to live in the present moment. And I'm someone who's very reflective. You know, I'm born with Sun, Mercury conjunct, uh, with Neptune, and I'm someone who spends a lot of my alone time in reverie and introspection, right? And I can't do that anymore because I'm constantly needing to take care of this baby who only lives in the present. And when I'm with her and I'm, you know, inside thinking, I think it's experiences me being checked out. And, you know, instead of sitting there talking to her, I'm sitting there having a conversation in my head. And so I've, I'm really having to learn how to externalize in my personal process and personal space and bring this little creature in. And, you know, that's a very different experience for me. I mean, I think because you all experience me in this forum of talking, you know, you don't really know what it's like when I'm alone, but when I'm alone, it's like, it's quiet and I'm thinking and or processing, you know? So, you know, it's been a big transformation of uh, my internal landscape. And like, I, don't, I can't live in the past. I have to constantly be letting it go, right? Guilt, uh, self-doubt, anything that keeps me from living in the present. But then also my anxiety. My anxiety has actually gotten a lot better since having loose. I don't know if all of you know this, but I live with anxiety. And my anxiety has actually gotten better because I can't afford to use any time or energy to be worrying all that much about the future. So in a way, it's a real gift of living with a newborn, uh, having to come into the present moment, which has a very um, timeless quality to it, but also has like a very eternal quality to it. Like if we're having a really good moment, everything's feeling pretty easy. It's like, it feels like it's going to be like that forever. And if we're having a really hard moment, then it also feels like that's going to be forever. And I think that's the nature of Pluto squaring the moon. It like time has a sense of dropping in really deep and because Pluto is the unconscious and you know there's this way of when we dive deep into that those waters and that mystery there's a quality where time changes and I think that's part of what I mean by like my consciousness is changing because my experience of time is changing um so you know, there's so much more to say about that transit, but just to kind of round it out with how I see it as the closing or waning square is I think that, 
from my sense, a lot of the karmic work that needs to, needs to be done in my maternal line, the events have already taken place. Uh, and so now it's about the integration of the conscious experience of it through how I live and participate with the, uh, the wisdom of what to do. It, essentially, if it was the opening square, I think we'd be looking more at uh, a lot of events occurring, like the prima materia of what was going to need to be worked through. But everything that's happened has already happened. There's really nothing left to be said. It's now a matter of being. It's now a matter of living the, the lessons and the truths of um, what needs to happen here. And, and, and so for me, um, you know, the mother-daughter relationship, I think, is one of the most complex relationships and one of the most sacred on earth. And the degree to which I'm being initiated into that is so profound when four generations of women are present in the same physical space, which is very rare these days. And it's having a shamanic quality on my consciousness because I am seeing and feeling in real time all the patterns and dynamics that are there with my grandmother, my mother, myself, and my daughter. And I have a choice on the things I want to continue and the things that I don't want to continue in those patterns and dynamics, but not in some like conceptual ideological way, but in a very real physical way in every moment. And it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to see. It's a lot to feel and very concentrated amounts of time. And that's kind of Pluto's nature is it concentrates our experiences so that we have them on so many dimensions or layers of reality at once that it becomes this holographic, symbolic ritual enactment. Something that is so, could seem so trivial becomes the nodal point of opening into a cathartic emotional releasing process that is being carried on a cellular biological DNA level. And I see my mother transforming, I see my grandmother transforming, I see myself transforming, and then of course, little baby Luce. And so she has ignited this process. And because I'm born with the moon conjunct the north node and Aries in the first house, becoming a mother is a portal opener for me on a dharmic level. So where the node is in our chart, it shows us where doors open and we step into our evolutionary intent on a soul level. And with the moon there, it's like by becoming a mother, all of these doors are opening for me in my life path and my purpose. And that's what I'm super excited to teach 
a course probably in 2022-2023 called Parenting with Astrology. So after I get a little more experience <laughs> of being a parent and watching Lucy's chart and transits, but um, I, I have to say that the level of orchestration of Lucy's soul and how she chose her birth chart, what surprises me so far is less her birth chart and the, uh, but more so the sinistry of her with every uh, relationship she has thus far with me, with Travis, with Anushka, with Abby, with Grandma, Grandpa, with Grandpa Isaac and Taita and so on. It's like the, the level, the sheer perfection of how she wove herself into each of these people's hearts. It's like she, just like a really good Libra that she is, found the way to speak every person's love language that she's in relationship with. It's like she's not the same loose to each of those people through that sinistry. She takes the parts of herself that are like the parts of their selves and perfectly connected it in their charts so that that becomes the experience they share. Like, like Grandpa makes Luce laugh so much. And uh, he's got a moon-Uranus conjunction uh, in Gemini. And it's right on Luce's ascendant. And he just is so silly with her and makes the best faces and sounds and characters and she just adores it. And they're, they're so silly. And he gets her to smile more than anybody else. Whereas with Anushka, you know, they have, uh, uh, they're both Moon Neptune. And they have a very um, psychic relationship together. My mom is training um, to do Reiki. She's done, she's completed level two, moving on to level three. And uh, my mom was doing Reiki on Luce uh, in the womb, and uh, Luce was communicating with my mom during the labor, which we can talk about one day. I'm not ready to share that story yet, that very sacred story of Luce's birth. But that uh, Luce was giving my, my mom messages, and my mom gave those to me, and it was very, very helpful in the delivery process. And um, yeah, Luce, I guess, turns my mom's Reiki on very strongly. And um, I've just never seen Luce so calm. Like after my mom holds her, Luce is just so at peace. And they just share this very like moon-Neptune relationship together. And it's, it's really uh, quite amazing, you know, to see that. So, you know, it's something I think a Libra has a tendency to do, um, you know, very socially gracious, very concerned with being fair and equal. And, you know, it's like to, to know what every person's love language is and to speak that and to have that be your social relationship, your social connection. Uh, so it really, it's a, it's a marvel for me to see that. Um, you know, and 
it's interesting because now Saturn is at five Aquarius and it's beginning to square my natal Pluto at nine Scorpio. And, you know, as all Saturn transits are, they happen every seven years or so. And this one's important because, you know, I'm going back to work now. And Saturn Pluto, more than any transit, is about hard work and devotion. And, you know, if you ever wanted to build something of worth and value that's going to last and be sustainable you do that with a Saturn-Pluto transit, like something that you believe in so much that you're willing to really sow your oats into it and, you know, really devote yourself fully to it. And that's what this time is for me, you know. I'm obviously having to figure out how to balance being a mother and being, uh, you know, a working mom. (laughs) Love that show on Netflix if you haven't seen it. Oh my God, I just die laughing. Working mom, she's freaking genius. You gotta watch it. Anyways... Um, I've never wanted to work so, uh, so much in my life, actually. Like, having loose actually makes me want to create more and work more. And so, you know, now I'm moving back into uh, my psychotherapy practice full time. Um, I'm actually doing readings again. And, uh, and then I'm teaching and I have, I'm also just, um, confirmed that I'm speaking at the Baltimore Astrological Society on April 17th. You're all welcome to come. Um, I believe it's $10 for members of NCGR and $15 for non-members. And, um, I'm going to be speaking on, um, the living cosmos planetary relationships in archetypal astrology and depth psychology and I've been getting downloads on what that talk is and I'm just so excited to have the opportunity to speak because I feel like I have so much to share now that I've gone through this uh, once in a lifetime rite of passage of going from not being a mom to being a mom and there's been a lot of astrological insights that I've gotten from this experience that I uh, look forward to sharing and the opportunity to speak um, really is what helps formulate and uh, give uh, form to the experiences and images that I've had. And so I'm, I'm so grateful to Contessa Magdalena for helping set that up for me. And then, of course, this opportunity to treat, teach transit astrology, which I think I think is going to, you know, be a forever course. It's, it's, um, it's just something that, that really needs to happen. And I want more of that. You know, I want to speak more publicly. I want to, um, you know, I trust psyche is growing, um, very beautifully. I'm so grateful to all of you and my students and all my clients. Um, I'm so fulfilled and yet I can feel this very deep drive and ambition, which is Pluto, to strengthen the Saturnian structures in, in my life. So, you know, for example, um, we're in the process right now of redesigning the Trust Psyche website. Um, we're in the process of creating a new logo. And we're in the process of um, 
rebuilding the infrastructure of, of how the website works because now that we're also a school, you know, we have to strengthen the infrastructure, which is a very Saturn Pluto theme to be able to hold, um, you know, multiple classes in a curriculum and, you know, over a hundred students, etc. And it's like the transformation of the structures in our lives that hold our work and like all of my energy and all of my time is diligently with precision going into that and having a baby means that on the one hand my time is more limited but on the other hand it also makes it more efficient because I know I have more clarity in what I need to get done and all of the excess and the things that aren't priority get cut out and that's also a Saturn Pluto theme of like trimming the fat trimming the excess you know having a kind of precision in the in in how my libido my libidinal energy is being used and um like obviously travis is you know my partner in this and you know he's he's my partner in watching loose right now being with loose right now you know while i do this um but also you know he was up late late last night you know coding things on the website and sending out emails and you know doing all that public relations work that he does for trust psyche and so there's this kind of real like um management of time combined with um Yeah, the, the efficacy and the prioritization of how both of our energies are used to build something that's going to endure, right? That That's essentially worth it because we only have so much time and energy to go around. And so how can we use this remaining Saturn-Pluto conjunction in the sky for the rest of 2021, but then my own Saturn-Square-Pluto transit to really build this and you know it's important to note that the last time Saturn was on my Pluto was seven years ago when Travis and I got together I had Saturn conjunct Pluto and it was clear from the start that we had a very strong working relationship together because we share a similar work ethic uh, we both work very hard and uh, we have our own internal driver. There's no one on the outside ever has to tell us to do something. Everything that we do and we create comes from a deep place inside of ourselves. And to have the pleasure and the joy of being with someone who works at that same level, obviously it makes my Capricorn sound very happy. <laughs> and my Saturn at the midheaven, very happy. Um, and I guess also what I'm noting is the North Node right now at 18 degrees Gemini is conjunct Chiron, my natal Chiron, opposite my Saturn. And I mentioned before that like the North Node can be like a door that's open. And my Chiron video on YouTube now has, I don't know, over 50,000 views. And I get people every single day sending me emails um, just sharing with me what that video has meant to them. Uh, how it's touched their lives and um, I'm so touched that something that I created um, in 2015 you know six years ago is still having um, 
is still weaving its way. Uh, Chiron, uh, the wounded healer, uh, wholeness weaver, it's still weaving its way into people's lives, which is you know, what I hope my work does as a living prayer and a transmission as much as possible to be timeless. And it's, I love that as an astrologer, I created this talk on Chiron. And when the North Node is transiting my natal Chiron, there's been all these doors that have opened up for me in my career, opposite Saturn at my midheaven, um, for more speaking engagements, more readings, um, just people feeling really connected to me, which is healing for my Chiron there on the IC in Gemini because part of the wound of Chiron in Gemini in the third house is a wound around voice. And anyone, you know, if you've been following my work that a lot of my wounding has been around my voice, which is why I wrote my master's thesis on shame and voice and, you know, why I work really hard to, to uh, find my voice, my authentic voice and to share it. And so, um, Luce's North Node is obviously in Gemini, conjunct my Chiron, conjunct my IC. And I mentioned earlier that she's Gemini rising, if you picked up on that. And so my Chiron is conjunct her ascendant. What's interesting to note about that is in the composite chart of Travis and I, well, we have Gemini rising and our, we're born with uh, our composite chart, our relationship chart is, um, Moon conjunct Chiron rising. So, uh, Luce and I share a, a similar um, dynamic that her daddy and I share. So, I am familiar with it, which is nice, but I do think there is some truth. There can be some truth in seeing the IC and the descendant as uh, less developed, potentially less developed places in our psyche or what Jung might call the inferior function. And I think that with Gemini on my IC and Virgo on my descendant, those two places are less developed in my psyche, both ruled by Mercury. So we see this repeating theme here around voice and communication, sharing knowledge, sharing ideas. And with Luce's North Node on my IC, you know, conjunct my Chiron, conjunct her ascendant, there's something in the primacy of our relationship where it's about her and I as women and as a mother and daughter of really finding our voice, our individual voices, but our voice as a mother and daughter. And I'm really excited to see what our shared voice is. And I think that even though there are going to be things that we share and are similar, I think there are a lot of ways that Luce is different than me. And, you know, she has a, a lot of planets and signs that I don't have. And so the experience of getting to know and understand, for example, what Gemini rising is, in a way, does have this foreign quality to me because it's on my IC. And so, you know, she might be, she might process information in a way that's very different than the way that I do. And I believe that my job as her mother is to understand the way she experiences reality and sees things and the way that she learns and to do my best to adapt to that and to, to meet her there. 
and for her to teach me, to show me. And, um, you know, she very likely is a lot smarter than I am. I mean, it, it's in a, in a different kind of way. And so I think it's an opportunity with the North Node conjunct my Chiron to continue to open some doors around my own personal healing around uh, education, information, communication, voice. And as long as I can resource myself and ride that growth edge with her, which I think is going to be uncomfortable at times as it is when we grow, um, I think a lot more doors can open up for me and obviously for her, which is so important for me as her mother, um, around her voice and what she has to share with the world. And I think the more that I can clarify and distill my authentic expression, um, the more I pave the way to make it easier for her to do so. And I feel very committed to that process. And I think she challenges me to do that in ways that um, I have yet to be challenged. <laughs> uh, and this little one does challenge me. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's wise. She's ancient. You should see her eyes. She's amazing. Uh, and she challenges me for sure. Like, like she's not letting me off easy in any way whatsoever. And I, that, I mean, I prayed for that. I wanted that in a child. I wanted someone who was going to really um, challenge me to be my best self. And um, I think often we don't know what that means when we say that. And, you know... gosh, you know, I, I'm a very loyal person, but I don't know, I, patience isn't something that comes naturally to me. I'm Jupiter, Mars rising, square Uranus, moon and Aries, I'm very fiery, very passionate, very quick, um, but patience, wow, you know, and um, I always say to Travis, she's just a baby, she's just a baby. And yet it's so weird because she's like this ancient soul who very well could be much older than us. And yet she's a baby. And it's like the trip of how to hold those two things together, you know, to respect her autonomy, to respect her soul contract, to respect her dharma, and then to also be really realistic. And I, you know, we're her parents and she's a little baby and she's dependent on us. And in certain moments we do know best. Like you should see her when she gets tired. She's so cute. If I catch it, she'll just yawn one time. And then if I swaddle her and rock her right in that moment, she'll instantly go to sleep for her nap or for bedtime, right? But if I don't catch that yawn and she starts to get cranky and a little whiny, and, uh, uh, you know, she starts going, uh, uh, you know, and the longer that goes, it's like the harder it is to put her down and you swaddle her and you rock her and she's screaming. And you think, oh, you don't, you don't want to be swaddled. Oh, you don't want to be rocked. Oh, you're not ready for bed. Oh, you don't like this. And it's like, no, you don't know what's good for you. You're a little baby. Like, no, you need to go to sleep. And like, I need to push through you crying to get you to calm down because I need to contain you and your nervous system, right? But like, 
eventually, especially when our relationship isn't so physical, where's the line between that and trying to control who she is, you know, to control her will or to, to, to limit her expression or try to make her like me or whatever it is, right? And it's a trip, you know, to watch where are the places where it's best for her, for me to contain her. And then where is it best for her, for me to give her room to explore and do her thing? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, man, being a parent is a fucking trip. <laughs> it's the strongest drug I've ever done. So, um, I'll end, I'll end with this, uh, Mercury is stationed retrograde and, um, it's actually not, uh, like prominently hitting anything in my chart. I mean, it's happening in my 12th house. Um, it, it is square my Venus, which I do see as, um, the revisioning of the aesthetic of my website, right? I said, we're doing like a new color palette, new fonts, new logo. I'm excited for you all to see it and spending the next three weeks actually designing that, working with a designer and you know, figuring that all out. So that definitely is a Mercury retrograde square Venus revisioning the aesthetic, uh, you know, of, for example, my website, my logo. Um, it's also sextile my moon. Um, and it's interesting. I'm going back to work in this moment. So, you know, we'll see, but, uh, you know, every, every Mercury retrograde is different for us. I mean, on the one hand, it's always Mercury retrograde when it's Mercury retrograde, right? Like, for example, uh, Luce loves sitting in this chair that rocks back and forth. Like, she just loves it. And the motor in the chair broke <laughs> uh, two days ago. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm about to go back to work. And, like, one of your favorite things that you like to do when I can't hold you and Daddy can't hold you broke? Like, is this a cosmic joke, you know? Oh, and then um, I also pump, you know, uh, my my breast milk, and um, the freaking pump st- stopped pulling as much milk out because I didn't know you had to replace these certain parts, and I found that out yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, like I have to pump in order to sit in session and like the two mechanical things I need to do in order to be away from my child and feel good about it like broke down I was just like oh Mercury retrograde I love you oh my god but then you know it's like if you know Mercury retrograde was actually conjunct my moon it's like it would probably feel a lot more potent than this like I'm like okay it's not that bad like I ordered the new parts they're gonna be here in the next day or two like we'll survive it's fine right um so it's just like always a question of like the order of magnitude or the degree upon which these energies are entering our lives which we see through the personal transits well I've gone 45 minutes folks and that's what I said I was gonna cap my time at so I don't know it's just like a little bit of a taste of what I do when I look at my chart and transits and just, you know, obviously I'm using a technique um, to know what's operative and what to pay attention to. But then, you know, I think, and I think this is the real 
air of mystery and I actually want to do another stream on this is let me gather my thoughts because I really want to say this clearly Ninety percent of astrology is the ability to phenomenologically connect what's happening in your life to the archetypes, whether that's the planets, signs, or houses. And whatever tradition or practice you use, you know, let's say um, Hellenistic astrologer, evolutionary astrologer, archetypal astrologer, uh, Vedic astrologer, it doesn't matter to me what type of astrologer you are. Ninety percent of the practice is the ability to see what's happening in psyche and connecting that back to the chart and I think that that is the hardest thing to teach I think it's the most underdeveloped part of astrology from what I've seen and it's the least questioned it's the least analyzed and critiqued part of astrology the ability to read life symbolically and to accurately connect those symbols back to the symbols of the chart that interstitching weaving back in and through and that is the task of the astrologers the ability to do that and that's why there's a quality of astrology that is artistry and poetic um like can you tell a compare compelling story essentially an accurate and compelling story and I'm gonna put this out there because you know me always being a little controversial and all I think sometimes the tendency to continue to learn more technique or the tendency to want to add in you know more and more um, glyphs <laughs> of whatever variety um, or the desire to discover a new planet or whatever it is um, often can come from the um, lack of practice and appreciation of the infinite, infinite depths of psyche and the ability to connect the planets together. I am not kidding when I could spend the rest of this year just talking about what Pluto Square My Moon has been about. The rest of this year, I could focus on no other thing in the chart and go into the multidimensional, multivalent, holographic, endless, infinite nature of that and gain and glean insight. And we can do that for any, any, any parts of the chart or the transits. And so transit astrology is about really understanding that and learning how to connect every last part of your psycho-spiritual journey, past, present, future, physical, psychological, spiritual, emotional, with your chart and transits. It's all right there. It's all right there. And that's why a really good reading is about being able to bind that person back to themselves and help them remember what is already true inside themselves, right? And I could sit here and give you a reading that is full of candy, uh, that, that's full of insight, right? But a really good reading is one that gets you to fundamentally change 
the chordal structures of your life, to fundamentally change who and how you are for the health and well-being of you and all your relations. And I think sometimes there's this tendency to want to like be clever and go beyond the chart or provide something that, you know, some insider perspective that nobody's ever provided before. And, you know, let me weave in 10 different techniques of, you know, uh, Mars went into Taurus and, and, you know, the, the balsamic phase to Uranus and, you know, the mood, the mood, the moon is void of course and the exalted sign. And it's like, okay, yeah. Connect it to my life. Weave, weave my story into that as, as honestly and as profoundly as you can. And that's what's compelling about this practice, more so than I think any technique or any, it's, at the end of the day, we're phenomenologists. And so we have to legibly read reality and tell a meaningful and coherent story that empowers that person to Go live their life to the fullest and the best of their ability. And I think if we can have a deeper appreciation for how, how nuanced and complex just the archetype of the moon is, let alone what happens when we look at it with Pluto or we look at it in, the, in a sign of Aries is we can um, gain so much more wisdom from these beings as our teachers. So on that note, I hope you will join me for my transit astrology course. You can go to trustpsyche.com, register today. There's an early bird discount if you sign up before February 24th. If you're a Trust Psyche student, you get 10% off that early bird discount or you get 10% off any courses. Once you've bought one course, all future courses, you get 10% off of that. It's just our way of saying thank you for being a part of the community. And I would just be so honored to be your teacher if you feel called to sit with me in sacred space and conversation. I think that if you're listening to this, you can benefit from this practice. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please email us at team at trustpsyche.com. We're always happy to connect with you and uh, yeah, to hear from you. Okay, everybody, I'm so grateful to be back. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of this with you, and I hope that in some way this stream was helpful. I'm sending you all my blessings for a beautiful 2021, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. I'm Jessica Derutza, and this is Stream. <laughs>